Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 150 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Vanessa Avalos. Vanessa lives in Bridgeport, Connecticut, where she is a community support specialist who works with adults with mental health diagnoses. Welcome, Vanessa. Good morning. Good morning, Jen. I'm so happy to talk to you today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Well, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Once upon a time in 2018, I was home with my partner. And his brother had came to visit us, which he usually does during the weekdays. And I'm not sure exactly how the conversation came about, but he had mentioned that he and his friend were doing something new. 
And we both asked him, like, well, what are you doing? And he said, well, we're, we're doing intermittent fasting. And me and my partner just looked at each other. And <laughs> like a lot of people, they, you know, we, <laughs> we answered, well, what's that about? That doesn't, doesn't sound too uh, healthy here. And I don't exactly remember how he tried to explain it to me. I'm thinking now that I think about it, I don't think he had all the information to explain to me what intermittent fasting was. I think it was just something that him and his friend heard about and they wanted to try it and they didn't know anything, too much information about it, you know, to give me some facts or books or, you know, just YouTube videos to look into it. And when he tried to explain it to me and my partner, we just kind of looked at each other like, well, that doesn't really sound healthy. I mean, I can imagine, uh, you know, they're like, I don't know. I'm doing this thing. I heard about it. I'm just, you know, like not eating. Yes. And you're like, what? No, no. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. We're supposed to eat every two hours to stoke our metabolism. You must be crazy. Yes. Yes. I, actually, that was pretty much my reaction. I said, um, that doesn't really sound healthy. Um, maybe you should just go and do this. And during that time, I, in the past, I, around 2017, I was looking into different lifestyle changes, I would say, in, in, in terms of eating. And in the past, I, I've done Atkins, and I did enjoy Atkins, but it wasn't long term. I think it was in my early 20s when I started that. But in 2017, I started Whole30 at that time. And, and to be honest, I, I really did enjoy Whole30. And when I finished Whole30 in 2017, I actually never went back to putting cream, creamer and sugar in my coffee. So, you know, that was something that I took away from it. And I knew which kind of foods made me feel better. And I love me- that. Can we talk about Whole30 for just a minute? Because really, a lot of people think that Whole30 is a, is a diet that you do for 30 days and then you go off of it. But as you just said, it teaches you about what foods work well for your body. Correct. Yes. What besides learning that you could drink black coffee, what else did you learn about your body from Whole30? It's, an, it's designed at its root or at, at the heart of it to be an elimination protocol where we take out the foods that, that might be problematic, eat whole real foods you know, that, that they recommend that are likely to not be problematic do it for 30 days. And you're not even supposed to expect to lose weight loss or to lose weight on it. Correct. You're just supposed to, it's a time for, you know, it's not a weight loss diet. So what did you learn about your body from Whole30? I learned which specific foods made me feel bloated, gave me inflammation. Like what? Like which ones? Well, for me, surprisingly, well, I'm okay with dairy. I'm, I'm okay with dairy. But for some reason, when I did Whole30 and I tried to incorporate dairy back, I couldn't have like a combination of different dairies at the same time. Let's say like cheese and sour cream or sour cream and, and, and milk. I couldn't have those two things to eat at the same time, but separately, I could. I could, just not a lot of it. Beans. I love beans. You know, I am come from a Spanish family. We love our beans and I eat beans for breakfast. It's a Salvadorian thing. My family's from El Salvador. So we love having beans for breakfast. And I learned that s- certain types of beans I can have a little bit of and others I can have a, a good amount of. So I definitely learned that. I learned that taking some of these different foods out for a time and then bringing them back in helped me to sleep better. To be honest, I, I learned to sleep better with that too. So that's what really what I learned with Whole30. Those, those are all very important things. But you didn't learn that you needed to eliminate lots and lots of things. No, 
but you probably realized you felt better with real food. I did. Yes. Yeah. I, I did enjoy that. Now, when I, when I did Atkins in the past in my late teens, early twenties, I, I don't recall feeling as good as when I was doing Whole30. So I knew that Whole30 as a whole, that could be another tool for me to use if I wanted to do that again. Because like you said, it's, it's not, to, not meant to be a long-term lifestyle. Diet. Diet. Yeah. 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 All right. So you, you did that in 2017. And then, you know, fast forwarding back to 2018, you first heard about intermittent fasting. What happened next? Well, it, it just kind of after he spoke about it, and we kind of just like brushed it off me and my partner, um, he never mentioned it again. So I just assumed that maybe he wasn't really doing it anymore. And maybe it was a fad for him. I don't know. But it never was brought up again. At all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if he if he wasn't operating under a lot of information, I can imagine. <laughs> right, right. But, but but I tell him to this day that he he's the one that planted that seed. You know, he's the one that planted that seed. So I, I will fast forward a little bit. So in uh, in 2019, I want to say around May 2019. I went to the doctor and I wasn't for that whole year. I was feeling very sick. I mean, just sick all the time. I was always congested. I had laryngitis, um, runny nose. I could barely speak and it would not go away with the medicines I was taking. Nothing was making me feel better. So you just had lots of just inflammation and yuck that wouldn't go away. It wouldn't go away. And I felt like I was sick every day for almost a whole year. And and I have family and friends and coworkers that could attest to that, that I was pretty much sick all year. And I just couldn't understand why. So I went to my doctor, my primary care doctor at the time. And he suggested that I go to an, an ENT doctor. So I went to an ENT doctor. And she suggested that, um, well, she had asked me how much I weighed during my, my during that um, session with her, that, that meeting with her. And I, and I told her my weight because I've never, never been ashamed of my body or never been ashamed to, to say how much I weighed. And then she asked me if I, was a, if I, if I snored at, at night. And I said, I believe I do. Yeah, I do snore at night. And, and it wasn't the words that she said to me. It was just more like her response to what I said to her, just her facial expression that didn't sit well with me. And I've never been that way to be with a doctor that made me feel uncomfortable. But she and I'm starting to think that maybe she wasn't intentionally doing that. But to me, it felt like, you know, I was feeling uncomfortable about that. Are you would you share what your weight was that day? Do you remember? I think at that time, I might have been in the in the 240s at at that time. And, you know, what what you're saying is actually common. And, you know, I'm not criticizing medical professionals who, as you said, may not even be aware that they're doing it, but it's that subtle feeling of judgment. Yes. Based on your weight. And I mean, and, and it, it's a bias that, that exists within the medical community. I mean, I can remember when I was obese, feeling like I couldn't go, like everything was going to be just, well, of course you're having XYZ, you're obese, right? Right. Like one time my sofa broke and I think it was just a terrible sofa, but I'm like, well, if I call the company, they're like, well, of course your sofa broke, you're obese. I mean, oh my you know, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh, yes. It, it did actually break, but <laughs> I don't think it was because I was obese. I think it was just poorly constructed. But, you know, that that is something I think that a lot of healthcare professionals are Per- personally working on because just because we're obese doesn't mean that's 
the reason we're having these problems, although that could be part of it. So, all right. So you got that kind of feeling from her. I did. Yes. So then she suggested that maybe I should see a specialist about sleep apnea. Right. I thought that's where she was going right. with that thought. Oh, so I said, really? Okay. Oh, okay. All right. I'll, I'll do it, you know, just to do it. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's buyoptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. And just to jump in there, I actually was diagnosed with sleep apnea when I was 21, and I was not the least bit overweight at that time. I had terrible sleep apnea all through college. My college roommate complained about the way I snored, and I was, I was, you know, little. I was in college, and um, so it's not always related to weight. I had to have my adenoids removed. So. Oh, wow. Oh yeah, God. at the age of twenty one, that was yeah, that's really not, yeah. <laughs> not fun. Not fun. <laughs> so you you went to a sleep apnea specialist. Yes, and then I I remember, you know, filling out a questionnaire about this and that, and you know if I experienced this and this and that. And when the doctor came in, he saw my answers and he said, "Well, you don't seem like a candidate for me for us to do that, but we could if you wanted to. Would you want to take?" you know, a test home and, and do it at home. You don't have to sleep at a sleep center. And I says, well, is, is this something that I really need to do? Is this some, is there something that can change, you know, with this? And um, he's like, you could, I mean, you know, just let me know if you wanted to do this. But in the back of my head, I kept thinking, I just don't want to be on a sleep. I don't want to be on a machine at night. I just I right. not, did not want to do that. And I, I did understand that a lot of, you know, things that we, we may go through when, when we're, you know, overweight or, or obese can, you know, trigger these things. And I just felt like I, I didn't want to do this. And I knew that I can change something in me so I wouldn't have to go through that. 
So he was talking about like a CPAP machine. Yes. I think that's what they're called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't imagine sleeping with something connected to my face. I mean, I can't wear a sleep mask very well. I can't even, you know, I don't know that I would be able to do it. Right. Right. But a lot of people need to because you, know, you got to get oxygen. Oxygen is important. Oh, I know. I know. But <laughs> yes. I, but I felt like, you know, I was young enough to change my eating right. habits to, to just do something different and to be healthier. At that point, I just knew that I wanted to eat better and go back to the gym because I, I loved going to the gym in the past. I just wasn't always consistent, but I did love going to the gym. So I decided, okay, well, you know, let me do Whole30 again. And I know Whole30 did very well. You know, it was good for me. I loved it. I enjoyed it. And, you know, I already drink my coffee black already. It's, it's something I do. And I drink a lot of water anyway. So let me, let me do Whole30 again. So I did Whole30 again. And in June, I went back to my uh, primary care doctor. And by that point, I had lost about 13 pounds and he saw a difference. And, you know, that was just really excited about that. And I think like a day or two later, um, I was searching on YouTube and then the internet and I was looking for, you know, just information about ways of getting healthier, you know. And it just so happened on YouTube, there were suggestion videos, you know, suggestion videos. And one of them was about intermittent fasting. I'm like, I remember about that. Okay. So see, that's why we plant these seeds. Yeah. You know, it had been over a year since your your partner's brother and his friend mentioned it to you and that seed was still there, even though you're like, that sounds crazy. Suddenly yes. now you're ready to hear more. So everybody listening, plant those seeds. And if someone says that's crazy, just say, all right, I thought that too. Maybe one day you'll, you know, you'll want to know more and I'm well, here if you need me. Yes, you know? I, to- <laughs> I firmly agree. Yes, I yep. do. Yes. So you started with a video. Do you remember who, who did the video or what the video was? Oh my goodness. Don't remember the man's name, but it was a, it was a guy in a nice muscle shirt. And he was actually trying to explain the different ways of intermittent fasting, like 16A, 19.6, and letting us know, oh, this might might not be for you if you this, this, and this. That's how I remembered that video. I just don't remember the name of the guy that uh, was in the video. But I pretty much went down the YouTube rabbit hole, right. as they say. And I it was like maybe three days I was just, you know, searching and, and looking online and you know, that's when I found Dr. Jason Fung and he was the only one I found first other than the the people on YouTube. So without, you know, talking to my doctor about it or anything like that. And, and I said, you know what, I'm going to start today. I'm not going to start tomorrow. I'm going to start today or Monday. No, I'm going to start today because today is the day. I said, what time is it? Um, it's three o'clock. Okay. I'm going to, to do nine to five. I'm going to do 16, eight. So I'm going to eat my dinner by nine, by 5 PM and I'll be done. Perfect. I love that. <laughs> yes, I, I just didn't feel like I, you know, I, I didn't want to wait a whole week or weekend to, to start something that I felt like, you know, this sounds exciting. This sounds something that's doable and, you know, that I could do. So you're just going to start today. Like I have a friend, she started on Christmas Day. Oh, that's, yeah. That's she heard about it. She's like, I'm starting today. It was Christmas Day. I mean, any day you can do it. 16-8, we could fit 16-8 into any day of our lives. Yes, yes. So that very first, that very first night I finished by 5 p.m. And I remembered, 
when I was in college, dinner time started at 4.30. And I remember eating dinner around that time, like around 4.30. I'm not going to count the, the the midnight snacking with my friends, but, right. you know, because that happens. But I remember eating at 4.30 and I loved eating early. And I felt good eating early. And that's why I said, okay, nine to five, let me start nine to five. And I kid you not, Jen. Oh my goodness. Ugh. I didn't say the things that I was suffering before at night. So let me bring it back a little bit. Okay. So before I started intermittent fasting, I was suffering from acid reflux almost every night, even though I wasn't diagnosed with acid reflux, but I knew what it was and I had it every night. I felt nauseous every night around the same time to the point where people thought like, well, are you pregnant? I mean, that sounds kind of strange. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. But I don't know what's going on. I had that. I had, you know, inflammation on my right ankle. I had pain in my shoulder. And it just so happened that I saw a comment on YouTube or on Facebook, I can't remember. And a woman had stated that they had felt much better and they didn't feel like they had acid reflux anymore. And that really caught my eye. I mean, that that really caught my attention. I said, wow, oh my gosh, this person, you know, she's doing, you know, intermittent fasting. Maybe this is something that I could do for me. And maybe this could help with that, you know? So when I did the 16-8 the first day, when I woke up the next day, I kid you not, I felt like it was magic. I know intermittent fasting is not the magic <laughs> pill or the magic... <laughs> you know, anything. But to me, I thought it was some sorcery going on. I said, what is happening right now? So all you did was you stopped by five. I stopped by five. And I, the next morning you woke up and I felt great. I, I didn't feel nauseous that, you know, the night before I didn't have acid reflux. Even the pain just felt like it was less in my shoulder and my right ankle. And I was just, I was just just amazed by how I was feeling. I think that's important. A lot of people um, have issues with acid reflux and eating close to bedtime. Yes. You know, if you eat too late at night, it causes the food to, you know, when you lay down, the food backs up. And so that makes, I mean, even though it sounds like, how could that magic happen on day one? It makes sense when you think of the physiology of, of what might be related to your acid reflux and that little, you know, the keeping the food from going back up and at night, that, that can make a huge difference. Not having a full stomach when you go to bed. Yes, and and I understand that for for a lot of people, they 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 don't feel well when they go to bed on an empty stomach. But correct for me, I felt amazing going to bed on, on an empty stomach. I didn't feel any of those, you know, things that I was feeling before, and I was just so amazed by it. That's perfect. And that that's just goes to show we all have our different reasons for choosing the window that works for us. And if you're someone who suffers from acid reflux, shifting that window earlier could be your magic time. Oh, yes. I, I definitely believe that. And, and I just knew that it was going to work for me. I mean, the first complete day that I did fasting, I says, you know what, this this is just too amazing. I, I feel good. I It's the first day and I just couldn't believe. It. I said, no, that just can't be. But really, it I felt amazing. So I said, you know what, this is, I feel like this is for me. I'm going to keep going and, you know, I'm just going to keep going with this. And there's a lot nothing. to be said for the power of a positive mindset. You woke up that day and you said, I know this is going to work for me. Oh, yes. And belief, belief is powerful. There are studies about it. I talk about them in Fast Feast Repeat. And, you know, if you believe that something is going to help you, and, you know, we obviously you've got the science behind it. This is not just, a, you know, <laughs> magical thinking, but right. it, it's much more likely, you're much more likely to be successful. So I love that. So you woke up that next day and you were doing nine to five that day? Yes, yes. I decided to do 16-8. I didn't 
I wanted, I, at that time during that week, I, I told my partner about it and I mentioned, Hey, remember what your brother said last year? Well, I, you know, been looking into it and I think this is what I wanted to do. And, you know, I just, I love him to death. He was, he's always been supportive since the beginning. You know, I said, do you want to do it with me? He's like, ah, I'm not sure sure I want to do that. But he's like, but you know what? I love you. And, 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 you know, and I want you to do what makes you happy and what makes you feel good. And I said, that's wonderful, babe, you know? So he was, he's always been very supportive. That's awesome. So I, you know, I wanted to do 16-8. I didn't want to jump into 18-6 right away, which I know, you know, some people do with, you know, within a week or two, but I really wanted to, to do 16-8 for a good solid month just to get my body used to this adjustment of, you know, fasting and then eating between a certain, you know, time frame. I just wanted to see what my body would do with that, you know? what kind of internal healing is, is going to happen, you know? And, you know, nine to five, it doesn't sound hard. It doesn't. You know, most people think that for 16-8, you would do, you know, like a common idea is that you just skip breakfast and push it to lunch and then you do like noon to eight. But nine to five is eight hours too. You're just shifting that. I mean, that almost sounds like a, a normal day when you think of it like that. Correct. Yes. So when I was doing nine to five, you know, I think the first week or two, I was trying to schedule like my breakfast, lunch and dinner and, and okay, let me have my bag of almonds in my bag because I might want a snack in between, you know, and, and I was able to have three meals like the first week and a half. But then I started to see the difference where, well, you know, I'm starting to feel fuller than, than having, you know, than feeling with the three meals. So let me see if I can shorten up the time, you know, but I wanted to wait for a whole month to do that, you know? So, right. So I stuck with the 16, a for a whole month and I decided, well, let me do 16, a Monday through Friday, but on the weekends, I'll try 18, six and see how that goes. And that is also the opposite of what so many people do. They're like, I want to have longer windows on the weekends. And that's, I, I love though, that you're, you're making it your own. Yeah. So I, I did that for the first weekend of like the second month of me, you know, doing intermittent fasting. And that was in July of 2019. So then I said, well, you know what? 18.6 was really great. Okay. So this, the next week I'm going to do 18.6 from Monday through Friday. And then on the weekend, I'll do 20 hours, four hour eating window, just to give me that gradual, you know, pace, because I didn't want to do it too fast and then just get discouraged or feel like, oh, it's too hard. You know, I, I didn't want to, I really wanted to give myself some time and be patient with it. You know, I just, I love that. And, and you know yourself and you know that you're more likely to be successful long term if that's the way you approach it, where somebody else might be like, I'm going to do 24 here on day one. And maybe that's what works it's for them. Works for some people. Yeah. Rip off the Band-Aid, but you eased your way in. And so it, it probably got easier and easier over time. Oh, it definitely got easier over time. After that that first weekend of 24, I just decided to do the 24 slash OMAD. Uh-huh. Because in the beginning, when I read about when I heard about OMAD and read about OMAD, I said, Oh, no, <laughs> I, I, oh, I can't even imagine just just having the one meal, you know, during the day, I just couldn't. But during that time, I, you know, I could do it. And that's what I've been pretty much doing ever since, give or take, like, you know, holidays or, you know, birthdays and all that. 
Okay, so you you consider yourself to be a one meal a day girl. I'm an all matter. I'm an all mad girl. Yeah. How does that look? It's just so funny to me. You know, I don't know if you've heard me say this on the podcast before. I never say oh mad, even oh, in my yes, head. When I'm reading it in my head, when I write OMAD, I still in my head say one meal a day. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so funny. I mean, you know, when I started the group, the the first Facebook group in 2015, it was the one meal a day intermittent fasting lifestyle group. And it was one meal a day. We weren't even calling, we weren't using the abbreviation OMAD back then. And no one was doing one meal a day. There was like one guy who had a blog. I mean, this is 2015. One guy had a blog that you could search for where he was trying one meal a day. I mean, that was it. And it was like wacky the way he explained it. But that was it. There was that one guy who ate one meal a day with his blog. And then we were doing it in our group. And so over time, people started saying, OMAD, OMAD. And it's just funny every time. (laughs) How kind of that just like transitioned. And here we are. And now now they're like a lot of people doing OMAD with all these rules of how it has to be. And I'm like, well, that's not how we started, but okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So how does your OMAD, I'm going to have to start doing it. How does your OMAD look? So my OMAD looks, well, it could vary, you know, during the, during the weekdays because of my, of my work schedule, my weekdays are already, aren't always nine to five. I actually have like different schedule, time schedules during the week. But um, normally my OMAD, I'd like to have my OMAD, my one meal a day between one and five, sometimes two and six, you know. I just, I enjoy having my meal earlier and, and I know how I feel when I eat too late. So I like to have that, you know, that meal earlier in the day. I have two small children. Uh, one is, uh, she's going to be six this week and my other one's four. And when I'm with them during the weekday, you know, for dinner time, they, they know that I'm not eating dinner with them, not because I'm hungry because they know that I, that mommy feels better when she eats earlier. And that's why mommy feels full right now, but I'm going to sit with you and be with you and spend time with you while you eat. I love that you're, you're already letting them know that, that you're listening to your body. They saw you eat before. They know you ate before. And this is when you feel better. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, there, there are times on the weekends or during parties or if it's like a, you know, a vacation day, I, I will extend my, my eating window. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll do like a six hour eating window and, you know, for the, and then the occasional like party, I'll, I'll do eight hours and that, and I'll have dinner with them, you know, and they enjoy that too. But they also know that mommy loves to eat earlier. So how do you structure it within that, that four hour period? Like what, like, do you start with a snack or do you start with the meal? What does it look like for you? For me, I, in the beginning, I, I was doing like, like I was just doing the meal, like straight just the meal and then that's it. But over time I said, well, you know, I can, I can have like a meal, like in the restaurant type, you know, like in, you're in a restaurant, you can have like your appetizer and your, and your main course and maybe a dessert if I really, really want it. So I can have my, my, my one meal a day, either between like an hour window eating, which I've, I've done before, or I can do it within two or within three. I, I, I try not to scrunch, crunch it in there. And like within that one hour, you know, which I've, I've done sometimes, you know, some days, but it's not always that way. But that's how I like to structure it. Yeah, we, we have that that flexible timing. And so it, sometimes if I'm really, really busy and don't eat till late because I'm so busy, my window might only be an hour. But most days it's not. Most days it's longer. I actually, I don't know if you've heard me talking about it on podcast or not. By now, everyone will have heard me 
I if they listen every week, but I did a little experiment recently where I was opening with a meal and then having, I, I flip-flopped my snack and my meal. Yes, I remember that. And I was feeling so good. It worked so well. And then I realized it was messing up my sleep, like, yeah. <laughs> it, like reset my circadian rhythm in some kind of a way so that I wanted to go to bed at 7 p.m. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I was waking up really early and I'm like, okay, my body doesn't like this. So I've gone back to really basics for me. What worked for me for all those years I'm doing it again. I'm opening my window a little later with a snack. So I kind of have like a soup course right now. It's winter here when we're recording this course. It comes out in June. So when people are hearing this, it'll be summer. Who knows what I'll be doing then. But right now I'm having like a soup course. I'm using um, like this soup bowl, daily harvest bowl. And I'll have that maybe at, I don't know, four o'clock. And then later I have my my main dinner with Chad And I'm back to my normal sleep schedule. It feels better. Oh, that's good. That's wonderful. Yeah. It is. But, you know, even me, the the point I'm making there is it's okay to change it up even after you've been doing it for as many years as I have and trying something new and realizing, huh, really going back to the way it was before really did work for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But for you, you know, you like to go to bed with that empty stomach because you feel better with your reflux. I do. Yes. Sometimes I even have a, an eating my OMAD window in the morning. Really? I don't often do it anymore because I, I used to go to this. Well, I still do. I used to go every Thursday to this uh, mom and pop like diner in Connecticut. That's not too far away from me. And I used to go every Thursday. But ever since I've done, started doing intermittent fasting, I don't go every Thursday anymore because it just so happens that my window doesn't open up that early. So if I do want to enjoy breakfast that early, I'll make sure that I'll, you know, eat earlier the day before so I can open up the next day. So even, you know, it's for me, it's very easy for me to, you know, be flexible with the eating schedule and work schedule and life schedule, at least for me, it is. That's the whole name of the game with intermittent fasting, because it is flexible and it doesn't have to be the same. You know, you said some days it's an hour, some days it's four hours, some days it's six hours. And the day that it's one hour isn't, quote, better than the day that it's six. It's just a variety of life. And my job, you know, allows me to do that. Actually, my job allows me to be flexible with my lunch because we don't have a set lunch hour. So if I want to have lunch whenever I want to have lunch, then I can do that within an hour or two if I, if I can, if I need to. That's nice to have that flexibility. I remember all those years as a teacher. I mean, I can still remember. I don't know why it's in my head. But when I started teaching in 1990, my lunchtime was 12.08. Wow. <laughs> That's what I, and we had to eat with our kids. Yes. I had lunch at 12.08 and it lasted from 12.08 to 12.38. Oh, that wow. was it. <laughs> yeah. <Very true. laughs> that was not very flexible. <laughs> and of course, I wasn't doing intermittent fasting. I was eating all the time back then. But um, intermittent fasting, I don't know if anyone was talking about it then. I think they weren't. But that doesn't mean people weren't doing it. Right. Because right. people have eaten this way. So you know, naturally, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. people who have just always listened to their body cues may have done this, you know, all along. So talk about some of your, you know, you, you mentioned all those health issues you were having before and how your body felt. What has changed other than the acid reflux? I know you mentioned you were having that congestion issue. Oh, yes. Oh, the congestion. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't suffer from that anymore, actually. It's uh, I barely get sick now. If I do, it's probably just a, a, a little sniffle here and there. But I no longer suffer from upper respiratory infections like I did before. I haven't suffered laryngitis since, two, like, it's been two years. I haven't had that. The inflammation 
in my right ankle is gone. That's amazing. It's just non-existent there. There's no pain there. It's no puffiness. It's not there anymore. My right shoulder, the pain, the inflammation is gone. That's fabulous. And, you know, I thought of something also. Um, there's something called, you know, silent reflux. And laryngitis and congestion can actually be signs of, of reflux. Oh, People I may not that. recognize it no, as I that. No, I didn't know that. Yep, yep. But, but it can be. So anyway, I wonder if that was a connection for you. It's a possibility. Yeah. If the laryngitis mm-hmm, might have been related to your reflux. Hard to know. Regarding like, you know, health things about my body, those were the only things that I was suffering from. I was actually very lucky. I, I didn't I didn't suffer from uh, high blood pressure or, you know, prediabetes or high blood cholesterol, you know, cholesterol, anything like that. Um, even though it's, you know, a lot of family members on both sides, you know, do suffer from that. I was actually very lucky that I I didn't, even though I was very obese. Um, now you're young. How old are you? I'm 38. Okay, you're not that. You look fabulous. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Why was I thinking you were younger than that? I can I can actually see Vanessa, everybody. So 38. <laughs> a lot of people think I'm younger than what I say. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why I thought that. But um, I was wondering if you, know, if you were like on your way to some of those conditions, you just hadn't gotten there yet. Because that's what I feel about myself. I had not been diagnosed with prediabetes officially or anything like that. But I feel like it was just going to be a matter of time. I can agree that about myself, even though my doctor said that everything looked good, even at my heaviest, at my heaviest, I was at 252, at my heaviest. My doctor never mentioned that I was on my way to pre anything, you know, right. but I was still fearful that I could, would have those conditions. If and we, especially if we look to our parents. Right. You know, my dad is a, a type 2 diabetic. Mm-hmm. And my mother is too. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> You know, I'm pretty sure that's that's where I was headed. Right. For that reason. So for me, just, you know, with the acid reflux and, you know, and all that, I also wanted to make sure that I could, you know, try to prevent these diseases in me because I knew it was pre, you know, predisposition for that because of family members. So for me, with me starting intermittent fasting, it was really more for the health benefits and not the weight loss, even though I kind of knew this was probably was going to happen with the weight loss. But for me, starting intermittent fasting was really more about the health benefits. That's That was really was most important to me. And it's important to me now still. I, th- I think so. I think for all of us, you know, we all would like to be at an ideal weight for vanity reasons. It feels good to be at a good weight, but we want to be healthy. Oh, yes. Because your health is, is really the, the most important thing. So, well, let's go back to weight. Let's circle back to that. How is intermittent fasting, even though you did not initially come to it for the weight loss, what's happened with your weight? Okay. So since me starting intermittent fasting, I have lost about 66 pounds. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. And I've lost over 20 something inches off my body. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So are you where you want to be? Like, do you feel like you're at maintenance? Do you feel like you are in your body's healthy weight range? I feel like right now my body's at its healthy weight range. I'm currently around 173, 177 around that around that time weight. But um, I, I actually never had a set goal weight. I remember being around 174 when I was much younger in my late 20s. And I, rem- I remember feeling and looking my best. So I kind of 
wanted to feel and look my best around that same type of like, you know, weight, that makes sense. weight number, I just never saw myself lower than like a 150 or one 140. I just never had that in my mind where, okay, I need to be 135. I need to be one. No, it just, I was never like that. And I'm still not like that. So I think that's that's really good. You know, you don't have a preconceived notion of of what, you know, you quote, should be. You want to be in a body that feels good to live in where you feel healthy. And and so you're probably saving yourself a lot of heartache by not saying, gosh, you know, if you're 173 today, if you might say, gosh, if I could only be 167, I would be, my life would be complete. Right. Yeah. No, you're so right. Yeah. Right. But no, I, I just, I, I never had that in my head where, you know, oh, I, I have to, I have to lose X amount of pounds by this time, or I have to be these X amount of pounds to fit into these pair of, it just was never like that for me. So I think maybe that's why this, this whole journey for me has been really amazing. It's been, it's been wonderful. It's been easy for me. I say easy because to me, it's been easy for me. I really think that your attitude is why it's easy. I mean, here's, here's the factors that I've picked out that made it easy. You didn't have a preconceived notion of where you, you know, had to be in order to to gauge success. You told yourself this was going to be a great lifestyle and you were going to enjoy it. You have set it up in a way that feels enjoyable to you and you're enjoying every single day. You're enjoying what you're eating. You're not feeling deprived. You're not beating yourself up, but you're also not, I mean, if, if you had, you could be exactly where you are today, but instead feel like you have to lose 10 more pounds or, you know, X, Y, Z and having a completely different mindset about it. You could feel plateaued and like you're a failure, but you're not. And so your attitude and and feeling good in your body and just knowing from the beginning this is this is my lifestyle has set you up for success. I firmly agree that yes because I feel like that's why I've been so successful in this and that's why it's it's been it's going to be long term for me. I already knew this was something I was going to do for the rest of my life not you know for the summer or for this wedding or for for any other thing. No, this was this was a lifestyle that I knew was going to be easy. I was going to make it easy for me, for me to make it easier on my life and to make it to be sustainable for me to do this for the rest of my life. Absolutely. And I've been loving it ever since. I'm so glad. So do you talk about it to other people? Do you tell them about it? Do you plant those seeds? No one can shut me up about that. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, yeah. Yeah, when I when I first started, I I did tell, you know, my family members and my friends that were closest to me letting, letting them know that this was something I was going to do and they were all very supportive. Within a month of doing it, I I told my coworkers about it and my some of my coworkers are actually doing it right now. You know, they're learning they're they're doing their own process, they're learning what's working for them. So they're they're doing that as well. I didn't tell my doctor right away uh, when I saw him in uh, when I saw him in June. That's when I saw him in June of 2019. Not because I was scared to tell him, but I wanted to see at that time if this was a lifestyle that was going to be sustainable for me. That makes sense. And I wanted to see if this was something that I can see through. That I wanted to see that it worked for me, health wise, weight wise. I just wanted to see if this was going to work 
for me. You were experimenting, and so you weren't ready. Now, the official, you know, recommendation is always check with your doctor before you begin. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we've all heard that before, but I, I, I totally understand. I did it. You wanted. You're like, I don't want to, you know, get into it. I want to. First of all, if I'm not going to like it. I don't even want to mention it until I'm certain. Exactly. Yes. Right. Yes. So, have you've mentioned it to him since? Yes. Yeah, so that year, 2019, I think it was December 2019. I had a, an appointment with him. And I already knew that I lost a good amount of weight at that time. I think some somewhere around like forty pounds or something like that. And I was just sitting on the on the table, and I was just super excited, like a little kid. Just can't wait to tell my doctor what I've been doing because I was already had it in my head that I was going to tell him what I'm doing, regardless of what his reaction is going to be or not. I'm going to tell him what I've been doing. So my doctor came in. You know, he already had the chart in, in front of him. He saw how much I lost at that time. And he said, you know, oh, so I see you lost a, you know, a, a nice uh, little amount of weight. And then he turned around and he said, so tell me, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> I said, are you ready, doctor? Are you ready? I'm about to tell you. And, <laughs> and um, he's like, yes. I said, and I explained to him what I was doing. And I was doing intermittent fasting. And to my surprise, he said, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So tell me, what's your window? I said, I love it. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, He's talking to me about windows. Ah, I was so excited. You know, I, he's not an older doctor. He's, he's, he's probably in his thirties. So he's a really young doctor. So just for him to, to know what intermittent fasting was about, at least even a little bit about it just made me feel so excited. So I explained to him what I was doing and, and he asked me how much water I was drinking. And, you know, I drink a lot of water. I, a lot of water all day, every day. I'm drinking hot water in a mug right now. I got my coffee, my black coffee right there. I haven't eaten yet. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and he said, he said, you know, we got your blood work back. You know, everything looks great and, and you're feeling great and you look great and all this stuff. And he's like, you know, I'm like, well, what do you think? He's like, well, you know, I can't knock what's working for you. And you know what? That's, that's wonderful. You keep, you keep it up and we'll come back, you know, in a, in a year. I'm like, that's awesome. I'm so excited. Yes, yes. So, you know, not only having my family and my friends and even my coworkers be supportive, it was it was even more amazing to have my primary care doctor be supportive of it. Because I know there's a lot of doctors out there that are just like, no, that's not healthy. They, they just, if, if they think that it's not healthy, it's because they, they don't know. Right, right. They just really don't know. And I think the turning point was right around that time that you're mentioning, December of 2019, when the New England Journal of Medicine published the article. You know, from what I've heard, you know, they, the, the people who wrote that review article, Dr. Mark Matson and, and his colleagues were asked by the New England Journal of Medicine to write the article because so many primary care physicians and others were asking for more information. They're like, we need to know. I mean, that could all be made up. I just heard that. It's, it's like a rumor. Right, right. <laughs> but it's plausible to me that, that that's why they wrote that article. That's what, but anyway, that's, that's the rumor. But that doctors wanted to know. They're like, okay, my patients are coming in. They know, they're doing this. I don't know enough about it. What do I tell them? And so then, you know, this article came out in the New England Journal of Medicine. And now the doctors are like, okay, you know, they've got this resource. It's, it summarizes why this is a healthy lifestyle. And so for anybody who's listening, if you do get pushback from a doctor, send them to that. I think it was December 24th or December 26th or whatever, right around December of 2019. Send them to the New England Journal of Medicine. They're not going to argue with that. Nice. Yeah. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, 
your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know, doctors are not, because that is, that's like the, you know, the, the premier medical journal that they're used to. So, so, but I was, I was hoping, or I was kind of like wondering if your doctor was going to say he's an intermittent faster. You know what? I didn't ask him that. No, I didn't. But you know, that's a good question for me to ask him when I see him next time. Yeah. And maybe if he wasn't in 2019, maybe he is now. Hey, you never know. That would be cool. During this journey, I actually found out, you know, certain people in my, in my agency that I work for have been intermittent fasters for years and I never knew. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. You know, or a friend of mine that I hadn't seen in some time, you know, she ended up telling me that she was, you know, fasting too. So it was really exciting to see that other people were doing it. And you're not, so you're not alone. No, I was never alone, but I, I definitely wanted a, to be part of a community that was, you know, learning about it and helping others. And that's how I was able to find like the groups on Facebook. I didn't initially find your groups at first. I was part of, I'm still am part of the intermittent fasting for women. I think it's still there. And I remember someone posting something about, oh, will this break this fast? And then someone just posted like a snapshot of, uh, of your like little lists of Right, you know, do like my graphic that I made. And when I looked at that at that time, this was in the summer of 2019. This is before I found found out about you. I said, "Who is this gin person?" And and what (laughs) what does she mean by you know, no lemon in my water? Because I was doing lemon in my water for a time, and I noticed that it wasn't spiking my insulin or anything. But I wanted to be a clean faster, and super important to me. So. you know, then I saw your, your, you know, delay the deny group and I saw your one meal a day group and I started, you know, I was part of that sometime in December too. Um, and I've been part of it ever since, even in the advanced one too. I'm part right. of that. Well, yeah. good. I'm Love so it. glad, glad that you're all in, in the communities. That's great. And I, you know, I really think the communities are helpful. You know, we need to have a support system around us. And because even though like you, you've got real people in your life doing it, but there's still something about the power of, of the group and realizing, you know what, it's not just, you know, a person here, a person there. It's hundreds of thousands of people here in our community doing it together. And I really think that that's part of why I've been successful and able to keep it off, you know, because I'm part of this community and it's accountability for me. And it just, it helps to feel like we're all doing this together. We're in it, like our intermittent fasting team. Oh, yes. I love it. I just, 
it makes me feel so happy that there are others out there that are on the same journey as me and, you know, we'll all want to feel good and, and, and look good. And, you know, it's just a, it's a good time to be alive. Really? Mm-hmm. It really is. And thank goodness for, you know, the internet, you know, people, you know, we criticize social media, but thanks to social media, we're, we're able to find communities that we wouldn't have been able to find. Oh yeah. That's so on our own. Yeah. If we, if we didn't have it and it's, it's a real community and we care about each other. And, you know, we've got people in our community who, you know, we know that their dog just died or that mm-hmm. they're, you know, and, and, and we are, we're sorry about that or that someone's recovering from illness or that they're having this other struggle. And so it's like, we support each other like a family. Correct. Yes. And, you know, I try to send my friends and my family members links to, you know, about reading about your book or your podcast. I love your podcast. I, I tell everyone, you. you know, if you want to learn more about it, you know, this is something you can dip your feet into, you know, listen to the stories and hear what others have to say. An example was my father. He's a real, like, not health nut, but he's always been health conscious his whole life. And he's in his late 60s. He just recently retired. And he actually started doing fasting as well, because he just saw the excitement that I was having. And and now, actually, for the past few months, he's been he's been doing meal, one meal a day, which he thought he would never be able to do. And he's really proud of himself. So it's just really nice to help inspire others. You know, I love that I've been able to help inspire like my friends and family and even strangers that have come to me in Facebook from the Facebook, you know, support groups, you know, through the DMs asking me, oh, you know, can you help me? You know, I said, sure, if you, if you want me to, you know, so it's just it's really great. It really is, you know, having that that person that you feel like you're mentoring, or I mean, not that you feel like you're mentoring, you are mentor, mentoring them, and knowing that you're you're kind of paying it forward and helping helping someone else feel successful. You know, we're recording this in February. By the time June comes around, I'm sure it'll all be announced. But I'm working on a platform for even more connections oh, with, with our intermittent fasters and more, you know, ability to mentor each other, meet up in person. Oh, that's wonderful. I Especially love as, that. Yeah, I'm really excited about it because I, th- I think that's what we all need. We crave, especially after a year of pandemic oh, and yes. oh. <laughs> feeling like we're all, <laughs> oh, yes. we're craving even more connection than ever. So even, you know, even during the pandemic, when the gyms were closed during that time, I couldn't go to the gym. I was actually surprised I even I I lost like even a pound just by, you know, doing I was doing with intermittent fasting and, and I wasn't even mad or sad about it. I'm like, Oh, okay, well, that's wonderful. You know, I I didn't need to go to the gym (laughs) to lose extra anything, even though I love the gym, by the way, I I love lifting weights to feel strong. So wait, I was going to ask, what do you love to do at the gym? Weightlifting is your thing? Weightlifting, the weight machines. I love that I do some cardio and, and I do love spinning class, you know, when I'm able to do it. But um, yeah, even during the pandemic, you know, I, I stick, I stuck to it. Intermittent fasting every day. I didn't, I didn't lose one day of intermittent fasting. It was some, you know, it's, it's, it's my lifestyle. It's just like every day, you know? Absolutely. And even if really, we, we don't ever take a day off just because, you know, we, even if you wake up and you only had a 12 hour fast, you still had a 12 hour fast. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) There's no days off. None. (laughs) If you're sleeping. That's right. (laughs) Unless you're getting up in the middle of the night to eat, which, you know, hopefully we're not doing that. So (laughs) you have your tastes in food changed at all. I know you mentioned earlier, you know, Whole30 helped you pinpoint things. Has has it changed more thanks to intermittent fasting or are you just pretty much the same? No, it has definitely changed. I've definitely noticed that 
certain foods that I used to love and eat all the time. And when I have it now, it just doesn't taste the same. Like, uh, like take out, like take out Chinese food. It just oh. does. I used to love it so much, even my pork fried rice and, and all that. But now when I have it, it just doesn't taste good. It, yep. It That's one food I will not eat. I mean, it could be Augusta, Georgia doesn't have any, what's the word I'm looking for? Really high quality mm-hmm. Asian food, or at least I haven't found it. Yeah. <laughs> I love Asian food, but we don't have the restaurants. Like our our nicest Asian restaurant that I'm aware of is like P.F. Chang's, <laughs> if that lets you know. <laughs> yes, I- <laughs> We don't even have the quality. Point. We don't even have PF Chang's in is Connecticut anymore. A notch from, <laughs> and and no knocking the the restaurants. You know, I used to love them. Is my point. I used to love to go to you know egg rolls any Chinese restaurant. I would love it, and now it just tastes too processed for me. Right, and 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 even like pizza places or even chicken spots or or you know it it has to be it has to be window worthy. Yeah. Like so the next time I go to the West Coast, when I go visit my son, Cal, who lives in San Francisco, I'm going to make sure to find some really good Asian restaurants that are are good quality. I'm so excited about that. Yeah. So for me, it, you know, it, if I'm going to a restaurant or a takeout, it has to be, to me, it has to be like window worthy, you know, restaurant or takeout, uh, mm-hmm. even the pizza. It has to be window worthy pizza. It just can't be any type of pizza from a pizza place, you know? So, um, yeah, my, my, my tastes have definitely changed with that. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's good. We're worth it. Yes. Yes. I can, I can say the only thing that I don't have anymore and that's just my personal choice is soda. I've cut soda completely out of my, my diet. I just choose not to. And the creamer and the sugar in my coffee, that's, those are the only two things that I personally cut out from. from Yeah. I I used to really like Coke, like I would buy, or or I would buy like the Pepsi throwback with real sugar, oh, and I would Pepsi. have that for a, for a treat. That you was know, my soda of choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I can't think of the last time I, I like I really cannot think of the last time that I bought soda and brought it into the house. Yeah, that's I mean, I still drink sense. my you know San Pellegrino. <laughs> yeah, I think I think from yeah, it's been about three years since I've had. Soda it's been a long house. time. I used to always have it like a little emergency stash there. I don't know, just in case you know. I don't know. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you first started? What I would tell someone about intermittent fasting, I would let them know that you know it, I know the the word fasting can be scary when you hear it, but I would you know, let them know about the, the the fasting groups. I wish I knew about the fasting support groups on Facebook when I first started. And of course, your your books, I would have enjoyed, you know, reading your books, you know, in the beginning, which I did. And it took me a year to actually read your books. But that's something I would, you know, suggest and also the podcast. And I would also let, you know, people know, you know, to take pictures and to uh, measure your body because, you know, the scale doesn't always show what's going on with everything inside. You know, there's a lot of internal healing and, you know, our bodies change, you know, the, the composition and all that, you know, recompositioning of everything. So, you know, and take pictures. That's super important to do. And drink that water. Drink that water. I know if some people said, "Oh, it doesn't taste like anything. It tastes yucky." What do you mean? It's 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 life. You know, <laughs> water is is amazing. It, it is it's, it's that, that also. People are like, "I can't stand plain water." I'm like, "What? What?" Yes, I'm like, "What do you mean you can't stand water?" <laughs> What? No. We hear it though. People are yeah. like, I just can't drink plain water. I'm like, yes, you can. Oh, yes. Yes, you can. Yes. Yeah. You know, we need that that mouth entertainment. We've been trained, you know, and when I was a school teacher, the children would come in with their water bottles because, you know, we started over time allowing them to have 
water bottles with them. But then they're like adding all this water enhancer. And we're like, stop. Yeah, no. no, I never liked those anyway, either. Ugh. And I would also let them know that, um, you know, as hard as it can be to, to try not to compare your journey to other people's journeys, because all our journeys are different from everyone else's. Our bodies react differently to the foods we eat or how we fast or how we sleep. So, you know, I would say follow your own journey and 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 look at others for support and 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 guidance, but don't look at it as like, oh, it's a competition. Oh, that's you know, it's not fair. This person lost X amount of weight or inches and I lost nothing or gained something. You know, be kind to your body, be patient in the process because like we all say, this is not just a diet or a fad that's can come and go. This is something that we, that we can, that we will be doing for the rest of our lives. So you have a whole lifetime to make it work for you and make it right for you. I love it. Well, Vanessa, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to the 65th National Finals of Distinguished Young Women. Every year, one girl from every state leaves her family, her whole life behind, for two weeks and spends each day training, practicing, preparing. Because to win this competition, she needs to wow a panel of judges with her academic record, her athletic ability, her speaking skills, and a show-stopping talent. I met her and I was like, she's going to win. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. When I sing that song about being a black woman in America, there's going to be backlash about that. Oh, just so happy. So happy. I don't want to see them. I don't want to talk to them. And then we stayed with them for the next year, unpacking just what happened those two weeks in Mobile. I'm Shimoliai, and from Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. 
Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.